It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What was the best move that the Dallas Cowboys made this offseason? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, it's Wednesday. How are you doing today, sir? Good hump day. We're trying to get through the week as we get closer and closer to the holidays and closer and closer to another Cowboys football game. This one's on the road against a Jacksonville team that's looking pretty good. I'm excited to talk about that in the next few days, but but we've got questions, and that's that's yes. always the 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 topic of the day whenever that's on the play. Yeah, we got three really good questions, and let's start with this one. Uh, it, it comes uh, from Gorn. He wants to know now that we've had some time. What 2022 offseason move has worked out the best for the Cowboys so far? So, you know, you and I had a conversation before the show kind of talking about some of these things. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball here a little bit. I think, and and honestly, I don't know how much the Cowboys get credit for this, though they should, um, some, but the... And how do we rephrase this? The re-signing or the extension of Demarcus Lawrence? Oh, um, that's a good one. Yes, let's. But yeah, the extension. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. So uh, I, I really feel like you know there was definitely conversations for. You remember this like a week or a week and a half where there was yeah. conversation about the fact that Demarcus Lawrence might get released, like, like or and it or sounds traded. like they were seriously considering just outright releasing him in favor of keeping Randy Gregory. At a bigger number. So, and, the, and honestly, we could kind of all wrap this into the, honestly, I, I think you, we could have a whole conversation about the best thing they did in the off season is, and whether it, half of it was luck or, you know, half of it is I mean, a lot of it was making. luck. Let's just be yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Is the, the general way that they handled the defensive ends this, this off season, you know, I mean, we could, we could lump in, I think the most important thing they did, like I said, is re-signing Demarcus Lawrence. Having D Law at the current contract rate that he's at, while opening up more money, potentially what was supposed to go to Randy Gregory initially, but eventually went on to Dante Fowler to uh, Lawrence Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that ended up being absolutely massive because that s- single move, you know, obviously kept Do- uh, Demarcus uh, on your team, kept D Law on your team, potentially added uh, uh, Dorrance Armstrong. It really was going to be the the thing that you needed if you w- were even hoping to sign Randy Gregory, which ended up not happening. But then after that, obviously, 
uh, the other things that it opened up for roster wise. Demarcus Lawrence has been playing as good a football this year as he has any year, has been as clutch as he has been any year. Um, and the fact that the Cowboys were able to reduce his salary this year before such an incredible season, uh, that, 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 I mean, it, it was underreported at the time. It was kind of, uh, uh, you know, just uh, seemingly procedural when it was announced. It wasn't. It, but I mean, it, it wasn't. There was, was a not. lot of hard feelings there on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And so to, to, to kind of have that soothe over to get, keep DeMarcus for, you know, a couple more years. Uh, and, and to, like I said, to free up some cash to kind of help the flexibility of this defensive line, which has become, you know, such a stalwart for this team, such a main part of this of this team's identity uh, that it's hard to argue with that move. I mean, I think there were some other ones that worked out as well, but I think that one kind of opened the door for several other really big moves the Cowboys made. Yeah, I didn't even think about that one, but I think you're right. I mean, just like he's been doing all season long, Dorrance Ar- or Dor- or, uh, Demarcus Lawrence saves their bacon, right? Like when they absolutely <laughs> yeah. needed a hero, yeah. Lawrence does it. Like Lawrence did not need to take a pay cut. He would have gotten paid on the open market. I mean, he's a Pro Bowl defensive end. He had all these skins on the wall. He played really well last year when he came back from the injury. He did not need to take a reduced salary. He did anyways. And mm-hmm. look how it's benefited them. I, here was the plan, right? If they cut Demarcus Lawrence, they were going to sign Randy Gregory, which they wanted to do anyways. And if they couldn't get Gregory, they were going to go out and try to get somebody like Von Miller. Maybe not at the rate that Buffalo was going to pay Von Miller, but something similar. And Lawrence has outperformed all those guys this year, right? I mean, even when Von was healthy, Lawrence has been better. And that's what's crazy about the whole thing. So. Yeah, he, he, that move allowed them to keep Dorrance Armstrong. It probably allowed them to keep J. Ron Curse as well. It probably allowed them to keep Leighton Vander Esch, who I was going to mention, bringing him yeah. back on like a one-year, $4 million deal. I think you're huge. right, Leighton. I think it's Lawrence. You know, and the other thing, too, is, is, is like I said, it opened the door for allowing Dorrance Armstrong eventually as well if they wanted to sign. I mean, once, once Randy Gregory was not yeah. a part of it, and, and he's, Dorrance Armstrong's been such a huge part of this team. Um, and and such a stable element of this pass rush. So I, I mean, it was a huge it was a huge move at the time. We were thrilled about it at the moment for sure, oh, just gosh, because yeah, we were during the offseason be gone. We just yeah, worried well, that it wasn't going to be here. We on that too. It just felt like the team had needed some kind of win in the offseason. and 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 that was before we we still were hoping that Randy Gregory was going to get signed. That's actually why that this this all happened was to kind of initially free up some money for for uh, us to sign Gregory. Uh, but it, it ended up being so much more than than uh, money to to yeah. sign Gregory. I mean, especially with the way Demarcus Lawrence is playing, uh, it was a huge move for the Cowboys. And and you know, listen, anybody who uh, John John Owning's got it covered, so I'm not worried about it. But anybody that's a fan of this team that doesn't like Demarcus Lawrence, like, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like D Law is like a part, huge heart and the soul of this team. And and Michael Parsons is their best player on defense, I think, yeah. by a lot, right? But Lawrence is their emotional leader. And he's kind of the guy that whenever they need a play, he's there he's to the make one. it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So. We talked about it. We talked about it. I can't remember if you and I were talking about talking about this on the pod or not. But I think maybe it was, but just the progression of his career and, and like that that yes. forced fumble yep. that he got in the, the playoff game in Detroit really, really changed the trajectory of his career 100%. in a way that that's, that's really, really fascinating to watch. All right, let's get to some more questions. But before we do that, we wanted to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. 
These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then they'll ask you simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Also want to let you know about Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion available right now as a bonus episode on Lockdown Presents. Think Like a Champion is a brand new podcast from Russell Wilson and Audible. Russ is a champion on the field, but off it, we rarely know the grind to the path to greatness. Russell Wilson alongside co-host Harry Wilson and Trevor Moad dig into how high-performance athletes, artists, and leaders push the boundaries of their potential. You'll hear from people like Von Miller, who we just talked about, uh, deliver sharp insights about performing at your highest level in moments of extreme pressure. You'll hear from NCAA champions like Tim Tebow. You'll hear from Olympic medalists, NFL stars, and business leaders. Available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcasts. Head over to Locked On Presents for a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast. Available everywhere right now. Audible. Get in the game. All right, Landon, let's uh, let's get to some more questions. Uh, this is a really good one from Eamon. He wants to know, what is the biggest concern going forward? The lack of depth at cornerback or the offensive line? Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, I, I think it's a lot of unknown right now. That's 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 why it's a little bit hard to answer the question. I think we got some answers this weekend, last weekend, with the cornerback depth. And we saw how Joseph and Bland played. I thought that for the most part, Joseph played pretty well. Uh, he obviously gave up a, a big play that, I mean, again, I think was an incomplete pass. If I if I'm being honest, but I think for the most part, playing in phase, uh, you know, not getting burnt, um, you know, terribly, and 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 playing Tackling well. You know, yeah, he's, he's he, I mean that's that's the plus thing. He's he is a plus physical player. He's going to be a more physical player than Anthony Brown. He's going to be a better tackler on the field. So that part I think is an improvement which you know is not the more important part obviously. Uh but I think the coverage part like you, you see a guy who's very natural. He's got he, he has so much natural ability here. It's crazy. He's mm. just very good about staying in phase. He's very good at staying with people. He's sticky. Uh, so those are all positive things. He just needs to work on finishing. He needs to work on kind of the the finer details of it. So I have uh, have hope there. Nashawn Wright is obviously the guy. I mean, look, Joseph and, and Bland are starters at this point. So we're talking about the down roster guys. So we're talking about Nashawn Wright, who got some snaps uh, on the field on defense last week, was fine. Didn't necessarily, you know, cause any problems no, or, or make any plays after that you've got Sheffield and McKenzie Alexander who are two guys that they signed during the season this year I just get worried after their top three 
Yeah, well, look, I mean, you know, look, you've lost your two of your starting corners, and yeah. then on top of that, you've replaced them with two guys, and, and you feel fine about your top three right now. You don't feel great. You feel fine. But I think that that's, that's more than most teams can hope for. I mean, it's, right? it's <laughs> normal across the league, right? Yeah, like this is – like you've already lost two starters at the cornerback position. So am I concerned about the depth? Yes, because the depth after the guys that are playing on the field is basically street free agents. Well, and that's that's why the answer for me is secondary, right? Like, Yeah. Can you imagine – I mean, I'm knocking on wood right now. Can you imagine if Diggs goes down for three weeks? Right. No, I mean that would be bad. And, and it, look, he's already got two hurt hands. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it would be terrible. It would be awful. Um, I I think that you know the Cowboys would be in a lot of trouble if, uh, if one of the tackles got hurt. Now the Cowboys would be in trouble if they lost a guard. But I just don't think that it's. I think that they've already been stretched that level of thin at cornerback. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting comparison because we, you know, I compare these two groups all the time, right? Yeah. Because it's always yeah. about not who the best player you have in these units, but the worst player. Yeah. So I, I think with the, with the, with the defensive backfield, we're already kind of at the point where one more level deep, you, you're probably going to start getting problem. into trouble. I think the Cowboys can work around what they've got, even if they lost one more tackle. They can well, it's because know, help with protections or do with some other things there. I mean, listen, Steele is playing really well this year, but you're getting Tyron Smith back. Let's just call yeah. that a wash, yeah. right? I mean, there's a good chance that it's not a wash because Tyron's just a better player, right? But you're not really, quote-unquote, losing a player from a week ago. A corner, you would be, right? Just, you've already lost two for the season. You're not getting any of those guys back. Uh, that's the spot that makes me really nervous. And I think somebody like Bland, if Bland were to pull a hammy or whatever, and you've got to pull you know, Kendall Sheffield off the practice squad, I just worry that when you get into some of these playoff games, teams are going to be able to attack it, right? And we've seen Tom Brady, because it's most likely matchup the Cowboys are going to have in round one, say, okay, here's Chris Godwin against Kendall Sheffield on 14 targets. Good luck, right? That's what makes me nervous. Absolutely, and, and and like we said, it's it's about the weakest link, and especially when you get into the playoff, the playoffs that gets accentuated. So, uh, DB is a spot where you can't really afford. Um, more specifically, corner is a spot where you can't afford. Yeah, uh, I mean, they could survive injuries. an injury at safety pretty easily. Yeah, and and honestly, even if they lost a nickel, you know, for a couple of games or something, they may even be able to survive that because of the safeties they have and the formations they're able to play. But. Yeah. It wouldn't be good long term, and it certainly wouldn't be good to lose another outside corner. And it just depends on the matchup, right? Like against the yeah. 49ers, if you're playing the 49ers from round one for whatever reason, your nickel corner is probably not going to be super valuable just because they don't use a lot of three receiver sets, right? But you probably you want play, a bigger guy to tackle, anyways. That right. nickel spot. You probably yeah, want so. to be playing Wilson Curse and Hooker on Kamu the field a bunch. Or, yeah, yeah. Right. Now against. Tampa Bay that's going to be using four or five receiver sets. That's when it can become a problem a little bit uh, really quickly on the offensive line. Yeah. I'm just going to ask you again, because I, I asked you last week, are we sure that Tyler Smith is going to start at left guard when Tyron Smith comes back? Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I mean, I would think that the other option now is, do you consider moving him to right tackle? You know, I mean, like outside of that, like I think he's playing good enough that he needs to be on the field, like and over Connor McGovern. 
Maybe they do I a rotation. So as well, but once again, last week we saw it was I think one or two series where Jason Peters was at left tackle and Connor McGovern was at left guard. Yeah, I think that they. You know, look, I think that they. <clears throat> I think that they're very honed in on the idea that they like position flex for these guys. But I think that they are the difference between that concept this year and last year is that I feel like they may have learned their lesson a little bit that moving these guys just on a whim without kind of easing them into that situation and creating that kind of muscle memory is dangerous for these players. It's the same reason why I have my mentions filled with folks yelling at me about how could you even consider to put Josh Ball on the field when you have Jason Peters? Well, because I want Jason Peters to continue playing football for the rest of the season, you know, like trying to shove him out into right tackle when he hasn't played right tackle uh, in many, many years and, and, and making him reverse, you know, muscle memory at 41 years old. That's a great way to get injured. I mean, I, you know, look, if I eat with my left hand, I pull a muscle. So I can only imagine what this guy's going through. So, I, and I also have to believe in the back of Dallas's mind, they're probably wondering, okay, Tyron Smith hasn't played in a long time. He hasn't been the model of health. What if we need Jason Peters to still play at left tackle yeah. in round one of the playoffs? Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think you're, you, you want – I think even, no matter what happens with the offensive line, I think the plan is to continue to play McGovern at some point. Right, like whether it's well, a fullback role, at a tight end, or you know maybe rotating in, like just to kind of get give guys a break. It hasn't. Here's here's what I'll say: the concern with rotating offensive linemen is that usually there's a detrimental, uh, 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 you know, problem with your offensive line's continuity. The Cowboys have been doing this basically the entire season, and last and, year. and and last year and. And at this point, not maybe not last year, but at this point, it doesn't seem to have had the same sort of negative effects that it has in in last year, at least, right? Yeah. I, I kind of think it's not the worst idea to keep these guys fresh. You know, like these guys are getting beat up. Like if, if you can spread out, it's just like the the whole thing with Zeke and, and Pollard, man. Like. Sure. The, the, the less touches you can put on these guys' bodies by the end of the year, and then you can really lean into it, then that's like that's the best case scenario. And I think you know keeping all these guys fresh and uh, and like ready to play, uh, it may pay dividends for the Cowboys if they do face an injury a little bit later in the season. Not that I'm in favor of this, but I'm shocked I haven't heard or heard more talk on Twitter about moving Zach Martin out to right tackle, playing McGovern at right guard, his best spot, and just getting your five best offensive linemen on the field when Tyron's healthy. You know, I, I think it makes it makes sense, right? And, and honestly, you know, we can have the whole conversation about how McGovern's best spot is right guard and how, you know, Zach obviously played really well at right tackle. But look, Zach was not shy about talking about how he hated playing right tackle. <laughs> And I, and I think that a lot of it is because of what happened, right? And that he hurt himself, you know, playing at right tackle. Yeah. And I think that that, again, points back to what we're talking about, that it's one thing to ask these guys to do something that they're not used to doing, but to ask them to do it for, like, a full load of 60 snaps a game or whatever, th- that, you know, that's really where you, I think, can be detrimental. I think that there needs to be a load management aspect of this if you're going to be rotating yeah. folks because it's it's 
it's, I could it's see them doing people... that. I could see him doing it in a playoff game if something were to happen. Yeah. Like if Josh Ball was having one of those Chaz Green type of games and Peters isn't healthy or whatever, like I could I could see that, right? Let's just get our five best guys on there. Uh, San Francisco's killing us up front. Let's, we need to do it for the second half of a game to go win. I could see that. I don't see it happening this week or next week or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't see it happening in a regular season game anymore. I think that's the thing that people need to realize is that the Cowboys still have four games left, right? Four games, right? Is it yeah. Three games? Four games? A quarter left? of the season still left to figure yeah. things out, right? They've got they've got to get through the rest of the season. Like it, I understand everyone's looking at the playoff odds right now and the Cowboys are at 90-whatever percent to make the playoffs. And frankly, they can actually, I think, win, uh, get a playoff spot this weekend without winning a game if, if, if a couple teams lose correctly. But the point is, is that you still have to survive – to the playoffs you have to play four games without occurring a whole bunch more injuries so that you are at your best when playing in the playoffs so the idea of rotating folks to make sure to limit their exposure a little bit it's appealing to me a little bit because i want my the most important thing to me is not beating jacksonville on sunday the most important thing to me is winning in the first round of the playoffs and then getting to the second round of the playoffs. so i agree whatever we need to do to get our best team to that spot I'm on board. All right. We've got one more question to get to, but I'm going to let you know that today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. They've got you covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and we know that you do because you're listening to one right now, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. It's always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, last question, Landon. This one from Bill. He wants to know what is the team seeing or not seeing in wide receiver Jalen Tolbert? Is he a bust? Is he not working hard? Does he not understand the game? I don't hear as much about him as I'd like to, and I'd like to know if he fits into their future plans. I think he does. I think – look, I mean, the reason they signed T.Y. Hilton is that they needed a veteran wide receiver who understands – you know, how to beat zone coverage, how to how to run a route to get open versus cover three, how to, you know, uh, how to subtly adjust your route to make the cornerback play off you a little bit. They needed more experience in facing some of these, you know, zone coverage stuff. The problem with Tolbert is that he needs he needs experience. It's not mm-hmm. it's not that he, you know, that he's not good enough or he's not talented enough. The problem is, is that he's just a very young football player, and and I mean that in the sense of how long he's been playing football. So, uh, I, I think you know we saw things in training camp that certainly you know made us excited for what for what he could become, uh, and then I you saw him kind of hit a wall when it came down to doing the little things that you need a wide receiver to do to become ultimately successful. It's not just about getting open. It's about finishing the play, finishing the, the tough catch when you're, when you contest it. It's about uh, making sure that your steps are right so that you're where you're supposed to be when you run the route. The Cowboys are having issues with that at times with, with guys like CeeDee Lamb and, and, yeah. and Gallup. Yeah. They can't, they can't, and those guys are worth those targets. It, it, Tolbert is still a guy that you're learning to hope to get targets. So, 
I think that they still have plans for him. I think that they may still really, really like him. I, I think at this point it's safe to say, though, that this isn't happening this season for him. No. And that no. he needs and he needs one more year in an offseason, and let's take let's see what we get in training camp next year. He's just not ready to play the type of football that gets played at the end of the season into the playoffs. And that's why you brought in a veteran because you want somebody who understands the what's going on here, understands how to get open versus, you know, NFL cornerbacks, understands what defenses are trying to do to them and then can make those decisions on the fly. You can't have a guy that's, you know, getting uh have his has having his head spin just keeping track of what the snap count is and what his assignment is and right. not even doing the little things like you know see noticing the coverage when while you're running your route and adjusting on the fly those are things that you need a veteran for so i just think his runway ran out and at this point it's time to just set our sights to 2023 for tolbert just because he just didn't get the opportunity to develop the way he needed to to be reliable on the field yeah, I mean, I don't disagree at all. Um, I do want I, – I, I just think the expectations have changed a little bit. I think people were hoping he was going to be like the next Michael Gallup, right? A guy that you draft in the third round, comes in and plays and gives you 400 yards as a rookie, and yep. then by year two takes off. It's probably just not going to happen. I think a better career arc would be like what happened to Cedric Wilson, right, where Wilson did not play at all as a rookie – in year two, really didn't play, had 46 yards, but by year three and year four became a really solid number four receiver. That's probably what Tolbert's aiming for now, right? Like next year, have a strong offseason, compete for the number three job, find a role in the offense as you know, the number four receiver. Just probably where we're at. And make yourself more available to special teams. I think, honestly, that's another aspect of this that, huge that, part of really, that really didn't help him is that because he has no experience playing special teams and, like Find I said, very – Somewhere on special teams, right? Yeah, very little just football experience in general, which is really what helps you when you're a superstar college wide receiver who comes to an NFL team and yeah. now you're the fourth wide receiver is that, oh, well, at least I played high school football. I remember what it's like to play safety. I know how to tackle a guy. Yeah. And then they hone that to kind of make you a good special teams player. Tolbert doesn't have any of that. So he didn't really get as many, he didn't really have as much opportunity to be on the game day roster because he wasn't playing special teams. So that's another part that kind of has stunted his growth a little bit. He's not getting the opportunities to get on the field because You've got guys like Noah Brown, who are your third wide receiver, who are also special teams ace, and you and you kind of can't afford to not have down roster right. wide receivers playing on special teams. But let's just be clear: it's a big off season for yeah. Jim oh, Tolbert. absolutely, absolutely. Right? He can't just he needs to have one of those off seasons like Terrence Steele had in year yep. two, where he's at the facility every single day, he's in the weight room, he's running routes with Dak in the off season at Dak's house. Cedric Wilson offense. is a great example. Like honestly, Cedric Wilson is that Terrence Steele of wide yes. receivers, right? Yes. Like I mean that that guy that was always in the facility, was always around Dak, was always, you know, around and doing it. So, yeah, just follow that model and I think he he'll have a great second season. Right. Certainly I mean, compared to this. It, next year's wide receiver situation is going to be drastically different than this year, knock on wood, right? Because last year you were losing Amari Cooper. CD Lamb had a nice year too, but we didn't know like what he was going to be going into as a number one receiver. And then you had Michael Gallup with an ACL injury. Assuming those guys get through this year healthy, C.D. Lamb will be back coming off probably a 1,200-yard season. Michael Gallup will be a year removed from the ACL. Got to believe they're going to bring back Noah Brown. 
it's just going to be a much more favorable wide receiver room for everybody. So go find a role. Uh, you don't have to be a superstar. You don't need to be the number two receiver, but just go show that you've improved and you can get on the field. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's capable of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've got no doubt. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in and making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All the same places that you download the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Check out the crossover show tomorrow with Tony Wiggins. Uh, that's it. We already recorded it. It was a really, really fun show. He's got some interesting thoughts on how this game is going to go. And he thinks the Cowboys need to be on high upset alert. I uh, do too, honestly. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about we'll talk about it later. Yeah. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your Wednesday. We'll see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.